Down in Southeast DC, we meet a displaced family and an overattentive janitor. Somebody find this girl. Welcome to What Did You Do This This Day? There's way too much energy. It's very much like Angie Martinez. It's going to come down like five notches because I'm exhausted. As am I. <laughs> but I feel like we got to go in with a bang. 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 Bang, bang. Like into the room. <laughs> bang, bang all over I, you. I just got it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Jesse J. Yeah. Jesse J. Ariana Grande. Nicki oh, Minaj. I have to give them all credit. The bop of what was it, 2014? <laughs> um, it's also so long ago, which is ridiculous. Ariana Grande's been around that long. Um, who, this who is expected? who did? Um, I did. Uh, I didn't. I thought she'd fade out, but she's still around. She gives Bob's like break free and tears left to cry or whatever it's called. And her dating life. I don't. I don't I care. It's very interesting. I care who like after Big Sean? I don't care. She's de- she dated a plethora of white men um, <laughs> that aren't the best at what they do. No, you know? not at all. And I'm like, huh mediocre it's like usually like if you're a huge star you meet other like it's just like watching mariah carey and it can doesn't matter something it's not the episode like right like why are we here i know mac miller i know i also know who pete davidson is but i just feel like mm, they're not the best yesterday how do you match this up either way um speaking of matching things up we are best matched up with you and i in true crime and being exhausted and talking 45 minutes to an hour and a half about things that make us angry, upset, but also wild things that make us laugh. True. Um, True. So this episode. This. Which. All this to me. Which, yeah. So I picked this episode to to kind of take a step back from all the, the kind of grody things that happened. This was his. This was mine. Believe and it or not. Believe it guys. or not. And I did it. It's a more serious topic. And it's something that's very close to my heart. Um, we're going to talk about one, specifically the disappearance of Raleisha Rudd. Yes. Um, or Raleisha, I'm sorry, Rudd. And what that means uh, and the little girl who went missing in D.C. four years ago. And how, like, how we haven't been able to find her and how often um, in D.C. You guys, I'm sure everyone remembers... Um, the bring back our girls um, right. type thing that kept going on not too long ago because so many girls were missing from DC and nobody could find them and really and actively looking for them either. So, right. like this is one of those this is one of those cases we see that the, the disparities between uh, and re- resources put forth to finding kids who are of you know marginalized communities. So that's black, Latinos, queer, mm-hmm. like all the people who don't have the same um, fervor put behind their searches because. Um, uh, I think at the last podcast on the left, when they, when they're murdered, at least they call them less dead. Yeah. The people who are like, who are sex workers, who are black, if you are any intersection of a uh, person people see, deem unclean. So this is what we're going to do. And it's a heavier, it's a heavier show. It's, it's a heavier topic. Not really like the storyline, which, you know, you're used to sometimes Chardell's stories being a little heavier on the, you know, murder story and, and the murder and murder, but this is more of a, a stance where we feel like it's very important for you to know that these people don't get the attention. So. Right. We're here. We're queer. Or at least one of us is. Um, y'all ain't got no <laughs> choice black. but to get used to it. <laughs> we're a black female. Yeah. That matters too. I was, I was looking for something that was rhyming. I mean, but, I'm like, not. Did you? No. You got to rhyme I felt it. like I wanted to be included. There's a conversation to be had in that. <laughs> um, 
um, that you're like centering your yourself in a conversation. Well, I just, that was... you know, it was about the rhyming, and I was like, why don't I get a rhyme? But you didn't give a rhyme. If you if you wanted to give yourself a rhyme, you're like I'm black and female, and I'm not afraid to tell how I'm feeling inside. But that wasn't gonna come from when was I the wordsmith? I don't know. I'm a lyricologist, so get it together. (laughs) So here we are again, episode twenty. We're gonna give you some background. So eight year old Raylisha Rudd uh, lived with her mother Shamika Young and her three younger brothers at the D.C. General Homeless Shelter in Southeast D.C., which is located right next to the D.C. jail, right next to a methadone clinic, right next to the morgue, <laughs> like yeah, right next it's, to... It's just not the best spot. It's around... It was a former hospital. Yes, it was a former hospital. That they transformed into a homeless yeah, shelter. Yeah, it was D.C. General Hospital. Went bankrupt, I think, in 2001. Am I wrong? No. Mm-hmm. I think I'm right. It went bankrupt in 2001. And what the D.C. did, because D.C., surprisingly, is very good to their homeless people. Right. There's just so many of them. Yeah. And they're one of the best like places in the country. This sounds terrible to say I know. Because, one of the best well, places in the country to be homeless or be displaced. That sounds better. Right. Um, because they do so much. And they right. had transformed this like this hospital into this homeless shelter for people to come in from the cold right. and things like that. Because and, there are a lot of towns that have these boarded up, unused buildings mm-hmm. after they close down and no one does anything in it. So D.C. does take the initiative to use that for displaced people which right. i mean who could you I mean that's a great idea no it really is great and use of space it's right now it's great home to 300 families and half of those families are single mothers so that's i think that's just it's awesome and we could talk a little bit about what this place looked like because i think a lot of people think of homeless shelters and they think of these very decrepit damp dark like filled mm-hmm. with like bunk beds stacked to the walls and to right. the ceilings and everyone's so close to get like a hostel right. and this place was an old hospital so, so. it was transformed to it's very sanit like sanitary, sanitary. looking um, um but it's got so much security so many things are behind locked doors there's so many staffing stations individual rooms for families right. to sleep in um up to six uh, people could fit into some of the rooms. Some of the rooms had their own bathrooms. Mm-hmm. Again, everything was locked down. There was security on every floor. So it was, and it had a lot of rules. Had a lot of rules. And you couldn't, rules. families couldn't get into the rooms without being let in by a staff or they had to show identification. Right. And this is why this, this uh, abduction is so different right. than ones that you would typically cover. Because usually someone's taken, um, like they, they're taken from a gas station, they're taken in the cover of night from a home if you steal a kid from somebody. Right. Um, in, in this place, it just seems so locked down. Mm-hmm. And there's a rule in the in the DC general shelter that you can't leave if you're underage with someone that's not your parent or your you, guardian. You can't go get food without a parent. Exactly. So you can't just run down to the cafeteria in the shelter and you know by yourself. You can't. Go into the shelter without well, I mean, identification I don't think or anyone. Identi- you have I don't to have like a really guest allowed pass. To, right? Yeah. You're not even allowed to really go into the shelter. Um, so all of that makes it harder for anyone who wasn't familiar with the setting to go in and take some children because you know there are children that live there. There were a lot of families. Well, yeah, it's single so mothers. many kids. So they had all these protections to prevent people from being at risk. Right. So if you wanted to go in and harm anyone or do anything, you couldn't do it. So obviously it we're talking about this it has to be somebody who has a little bit of a connection to the place and we'll get to that eventually we'll get to that but i mean this is still a case that's going on oh yeah 100 percent. so i want to talk a little about shamika not too much but shamika has had her own past filled with um trauma and her own past filled with uh kind of instability and displacement she was in the foster care system for most of her young life yeah um, and she, all, like, she had told reporters that she didn't want 
her kids to grow up the way she did. But not being able to work consistent jobs, not being able to find adequate wages and childcare and things like that. Um, it's not hard that we found this young, uh, at the time, 28 year old mother of four, you know, displacing in a homeless shelter. It's not right. such, it's so, not such a unreal. Although, um, what? Go ahead. No, what? You know, although her intention was to give her a better life, you know, right. her inability to do so, it, she didn't really have much of a better life. Right. She didn't have, she also didn't have many resources. Right. I know that, we know that she was, rece- like, that Shamika, her, uh, Relisha's mother, was receiving services and mm-hmm. the shelter was part of those services. Right. Like, she, she had the housing and it was, again, fairly safe housing. Sa- oh, th- and by the way, in this housing too, they have, like, doctors inside there's a the medical building. wing so there's yeah. a medical so that's significant again a lot of places don't do i've yeah. worked with homeless place uh, you know people and displaced people there are not a lot of resources anywhere like this right and so and again that's why i love dc i just got back from dc but yeah. i it's one of those places where if they i feel like if they could do right they try to do right except in the cases of like the criminal justice system of course like right. that's everywhere um but i think it, it stands to to be told too that Regardless of how well locked down this place was, uh, that Raylisha, young Raylisha, didn't really like it all that much. No, she um, she would often try to stay late in the after school program or with family members. She did not like to go right um, over there at all. So she would make like much most kids do. She would lie mm-hmm. about being sick so that way she could stay at relatives' houses, mm-hmm. and she would try to you know hang out at the after school program, ask school right. officials that she could stay a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that. When you're like when you're a young young kid, um, a lot of times you don't have the vocabulary to say what you want to say mm-hmm. or to articulate what you need. Right. Um, so you just want to be around the people who give those things to you. So you make excuses for that. Um, and we also know a little bit that uh, DC Child and Family Services were a part of their lives when Raylisha was two years old. Yeah, two years old. I mean, they found like inadequate food. Um, some abuse and neglect allegations for Relisha. She was also found dirty. Dirty you know, hair, dirty clothes. Unsupervised. So this was a, which a is, recurring theme. Which we've, we've have not experienced this, but like I've seen that. Like I'm going to say it's not, it was not my life. Mm-hmm. I, right. I had an overbearing Christian grandma who, if Maya couldn't go anywhere, I was dropped off at grandma's house. But right. But it's one of those things where, like, again, if you can't find those things or articulate what you need at school, they would have clean clothes and clean her up before she went to class. So that right. way, when she got there, uh, to avoid bullying and things like that. Which, once again, like, go, way to go to D.C. school systems. I, I mean, I don't Wait know. a minute. Don't. No. <laughs> I was like, Wait. I mean, well, like, oh, well, yeah, we're good. We're good to that. But for that little part, so she doesn't get bullied, like, kind of watching. I mean, right. there's a big discrepancy with the school system. But... At least for that part, to like make sure that she doesn't get bullied and harmed, they had the clothes for her to change into. They would wash her up. So right, mean, but this is also Southeast DC, so it's like you've got to figure out what the like the makeup of all the teachers and things look like. They tend to be more of color, so it's like right. So it's like things like that because we also hear we read reports, we've seen the statistics of how more how harshly um, black girls are uh, punished. How you know how much more bullying happens and there is allowed, oh, yeah. um, and I'm not just saying that there are statistics. I'll add them to the show notes. Um, <laughs> but one of her safe havens, her outlets for Relisha, was that home. That was that um school that school program, program we were talking yeah. about, which is the homeless children's playtime project mm-hmm. um, after school. And it's one of those. It's one of those things. And there's a clip I would really like to add 
right here. So that way you guys could understand a little bit about what she meant to that project. Because not only did she love that, but she was engaged. Um, they loved her. They, they embraced her. her. Right. Um, she was in a lot of promos um, that they did. They did any kind of stories and news stories that was done. Like Alicia was a beautiful little girl. Um, adorable. Ador- like sweetest voice. I'm telling you. Like in the world. So like I'm going to add that right here. R-E-L-I-S-H-A. That's a nice name. Can you smile and say, all kids need a place to play? All kids need a place to play. That's wonderful. So, yeah. I mean, as you can see, super, super adorable. Um, You just want to hug her. Don't you? Like, I... Like, listen to her voice. Like, and, and clearly, like I said, they're using her. This was a promo for the after school program. This was she was important to them. You know, yeah. there are probably a lot of kids that were in this program there and they were. chose her. And there I mean there are other kids that they had in it too, but I think that like the fact that she's also she's always a centerpiece and she they always say that she was such a sweetheart. She loved always the so room. giving. She's all yeah, always helped out when she could help the other kids when she could. Like she just had a giving Surrogate heart. Surrogate mama for the other three brothers. I was gonna say, yeah, which yeah. is so unfortunate. I, I mean, hate when I see that I happen that in abusive homes where the, the oldest always ends up trying to take the brunt of like the abuse or the attention mm-hmm. and that they happen to clean up after their mother, like, mm-hmm. Oh my god, you know, this right. mommy loves you, I love you, here, let me fix you up. Like that's not the that's role not a of it's yeah, not no um and so she did. yeah she really did uh so we had this um there's a there's a what's her the woman's name i can't think of it on the top of my head uh here we go jamila Jam, god i can't say her name jamila larson mm-hmm. um who's the director like doted on her okay. and so they kept tabs like i think that's the other thing that happens and a lot of people who a lot of people have a teacher mm-hmm. who went above and beyond the role of teacher Beyond, like above and beyond the role of program chairs and directors to make sure that you succeeded. There was that story about that uh, teacher that stayed in the car to watch somebody's child mm-hmm, while, while they went she in went on the uh, work interview. Yeah. So teachers could be instrumental. Teachers are lifesavers, and yeah. I don't, they don't get paid enough. And this is not what we're For doing real, here today. To deal with everyone's but, children, or just to deal with the parents <laughs> of those said you. children. Because I. <laughs> That's I why I won't. That's why I won't work with kids. It's difficult to work with as long as I could work for the kids and not have to deal with the parents. Well, that's impossible. So <laughs> I well like the like if you're in a daily caregiver role and they're in a group home situation, the therapist will go ahead and deal with the parents. But as the caregiver, I don't have to. You're absolutely right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> so this is when things get a little bit problematic, a little bit tricky here because because teachers. Who again? This is one of those places where if you're at school, you get consistent meals, you get right. consistent care. You're always you're safe, quote unquote, mm-hmm. because we never know nowadays. So, around March first, um, teachers started paying attention because Raylisha didn't show up to school. To school, she was and it wasn't like two or three days, you know, where someone she had a t- stomach bug and mom was taking care of her. Mm-hmm. It was like okay, so she's not here for a week. Mm-hmm. She's not here for two, two weeks. weeks. It's almost three weeks. We need to figure this out. And so they reached out. Mm-hmm. It's like, where is this little girl? And they were getting calls back to the school saying, oh, you know, she's just really ill right now. Mm-hmm. And at the current time, she's under the care of, of Dr. a Dr. Tatum. Tatum. And so social workers at the school, again, first, stand up. Like, you're right. I don't want to give DC too much credit because I, I don't know enough about the education system, but I've heard enough complaints. Right. But like, come on, attentiveness. Like, right. social workers from the school were like, well... We're going to come out to the shelter and, and meet up sure. with this doctor to make sure that this girl's okay. Because right. she's six for three weeks. Like, she probably should be hospitalized. Right. And so, they come out to meet her and nobody shows up. 
the doctor doesn't show up. The doctor's not there. And so, again, I would like to point this out to you guys that, how do I preface this without being rude? If you can. I can't, probably, not being inconsiderate or disrespectful. Shamika Young is in this story, and we're gonna, you're gonna hear things from her. Oh, you're trying to be nice to her? Nah, to her. Um, so stop, but there there are parts of this where you will empathize with her and sympathize with her. There are going to be parts of this where you're going to be angry with her. And like I said, you'll hear in some clips on a very unexpected platform, I'll say (laughs) that, um, of her like defending herself or accusing people of things that have happened and, it's just like it just seems very like and for me like she's unfit and i don't want to attack her because if best case scenario she's a victim worst case scenario she's terrible you know so like there's we're floating that in between sometimes with people there is that in between because clearly there is a history with her there is lack of things resources that she needs although she was given more than most states but but what i would say that's my problem is that like I understand that there is a lack of neglect, but sometimes neglect is because you have no provision. So, like, right, right, right. you, she's dirty because I couldn't clean her clothes. She's they're not fed because right. I can't feed them, and right. it's not because she's like a, like because we also looked for the fact like was there drug addiction in her past, right. and there's nothing scraping that up. I'm sure it's there's also a lot of police reports that aren't allowing us to see anything because the FBI is involved. Right. So like we know like we have camera footage for some things and not other things. So like. There are things that we'll never know that aren't pertinent to the case, so to speak, as far as FBI is concerned, yeah, what I think should be. Um, but so we have this social worker that goes on to investigate, has to press mm-hmm. for this, and goes, to the, goes back to the shelter and pushes and finds out that Dr. Tatum is no damn doctor at all. Not at all. Do you know that story of the little kid, he's like 17, who was running a whole... In Florida? Holistic, of course it's Florida. And... <laughs> Everything happens in Florida. No offense, Lola. She was like, down there. Right? You did that. And then, <laughs> we love you, Lola. So many things happen in Florida that are like, I just, I shake my head at. Like, remember that time? Um, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. There was a man who had amputated hands and feet and he had killed his parents. It's a, it's a, it's a case I want to do. Um, and I haven't said it yet, but it is. And Fox News, oh, because Fox always. News is terrible. Always. And I do not want to laugh at this. <laughs> You're but Fox News <laughs> said that he he killed his parents with a shotgun. And they said that he was armed and dangerous. And like, on purpose, in the headline, mm-hmm. to a quadruple like amputee. And I said, I hate you guys so much. i like, what the fuck are you doing? Oh my god! But We're gonna have to go through that story. That's what things happen in Florida. Like these things that you think don't Florida don't make a, sense. Florida happen. You know, his dad, know. his dad had taught him how to fire a gun, especially with his with the way that his um what do you call what do you call um uh they're not not limbs, but your hands are your hands and feet are. Something they're named something. Doesn't I don't matter. know what the correct name for it. There. No, but they're they're not. Yeah. I probably said it. Whatever, it doesn't matter. I know the old school name for it that's like problematic. For for hands and feet? How are hands and feet Like without the arms? No, no, it's not. No, it's like your arms and legs are limbs, but your hands and feet are something else. What are you talking about? Oh, maybe. That's why we're not going to say it out loud. I've already already said too much. Um, (laughs) I'm terrible for laughing at that, but it it was just so poorly done. Mm -hmm. 
But they find out <laughs> that he's not even a doctor, but he's a janitor right. at the shelter yeah. with an extensive criminal, criminal record. Now, mind you, nothing violent. No, because that no, would be the first. That would be the first violent. thing they talked about. Right. But it was more la- so larceny, burglary, larceny, yeah, um, petty theft, um, mm-hmm. resisting arrest, things like that. Things right. that you expect to be. Hell, I'd resist arrest. Like, doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter what you caught me doing. Right. Like. I'm like, get your hands off me. I'm going to be that person who's kicking up the wall and stuff like that. Um, and then you'll also know how that ends. So, <laughs> oh, a little bit about uh, Khalil Tatum, Khalil Malik Tatum. So, he was he's, he was working at the shelter for about two and a half years. Yes. Um, and the, uh, the young Rudd Wheeler family, her younger siblings are Wheelers, yes. um, were staying there for about a year at this point. Mm-hmm. And... Everyone around him says that Khalil always hung out with kids at the shelter. He would take them out for ice cream, to the movies. And this family, Shakima, like Shakima, God, Shamika even referred to uh, to him as like Raylisha's godfather. Godfather. So, so yeah. like there's, like there's obviously some kind, they're obviously intermingled together. She, there was an intermingling, but let's just say also that this intermingling was inappropriate for the environment because he wasn't allowed to technically as an employee. Well, exactly. It's unprofessional, and it goes against their code of, of ethics. Right. Um, but that was seemed that didn't seem to be an issue. If you ask some of the coworkers, they went through. Um, I want to say if I can remember the name of the news station properly, and I don't want to get this wrong. Um, WUSA nine uh, down there would had talked to coworkers who said I'd never even seen them together. Right. Um, and some said, yeah, yeah, I saw them together. You know, they were playing or whatever. So like, there a lot of people outside of the shelter saw them together. Right. And so, like, for them, like, they're, again, very close to them. And some people even questioned, like, why, if he didn't have any kids, why the trust for sleepovers and whatnot, which is true. Like, like, I, like, as an uncle, you get privileges, you know? Like, my nieces and nephews can come stay with me whenever because they know me. Like, when you're just someone, like, family friend that you, that you don't truly, truthfully know too well. Right. I mean, the, let's talk about it. They only had been there for a year, so... The most they would have known him for was a year. Right. Even though he has worked there for two years, they were there for like 18 months. This so, is very true. And he's also an older male. He's 51 years old. He's 51 years old. Years old. So and, I th- and I think yeah. it, it, it pays to talk about how he presented himself, too. Because, yes, he was a janitor, but homeboy was... Popping! Clean, dripping with sauce. You know, all the sauce, the, the hats. Right. The, he, just, he was very put together. He and looked like somebody's, like... Third rate prosperity preaching pastor, like he For, did. That is accurate. on point. Exactly <laughs> on point. Because the media keeps using the same picture of him in a white like tank top because uh-huh. it makes him look more like a criminal because he's got gold necklaces on and right, stuff. Right, right. So I'm like, yeah, we want him to look like a criminal, but like that's not what the everybody reality saw. Is he did not present as a janitor, and he did not say he was a janitor when he was talking to people. He said he, he, worked, said he worked for, for DC because he did, and he looked like he wor- <laughs> he did, yeah, he looked but like he an executive. looked like a. Somebody in the office, business offices, he did not right. present as a janitor. Again, they love to put things in the media that isn't accurate or like find the worst picture of you to make him look like a criminal. Well, I mean, I'm not you cleaning. should. I, for you, I was like, I'm not cleaning his hands of what he did because he. Right, I'm you know not looking because in the same way, like I feel, I always, I'm always a a, a proponent of making someone who is terrible look as terrible as possible. Like, there's that hashtag going around right now, like, no notoriety. Right. Like, between, with uh, school shooters or mass shooters and right, things like right, that, right. which I'm I'm on the fence about. Mm-hmm. But for this, like, so often we'll see, like, especially when you see, like, black men being gunned down by police officers, 
like even if nothing even if they weren't in the middle of a fight or a, like anything like it's like boom like there's a immediate picture of them with like a fitted on and right they got a, a, a Hennessy in their Hennessy bottle in their hand change but, and that could have been like a Halloween picture and in real life they have a degree and a job right because you know what I'm saying like they just find the worst pictures too whenever so that's usually when I'm advocating for like you should just like there was uh when Walter Scott got gunned down in South Carolina right. they they were using like a, I'm like. You he should a, give me several pictures. That's a lot I want to like see. Like, he was a military, like, right. he was a serviceman. So, like, but, there, but for this, like, I think it pays for us to do your research and look at these old pictures so that way you knew why it was so easy right. to, to for him to fool everyone around him, for him to believe that he's this very upstanding person. That he would be a godfather or a father figure, maybe, to her. Right. So there's a, there's a level of, okay, maybe I understand why she... Not making the best decisions, obviously, because I wouldn't right. as a mother. But maybe because this looks like the first guy that seems trustworthy, Shamika would be like, okay, I'll let my daughter be with him, although he didn't have any kids. I mean, there's a lot of suspect things. Like, why? Right, I don't trust people in general, like right. especially not with my right. little ones. But if you're a you mom, you come with your three piece suit, you know. Right, not but if knowing. your mom is looking for someone, your mom has a job and she's looking for childcare that's cheap. Right. And someone's like, I'll take her for four hours while you go work. Like, right. You know how. What are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. So, I this is where things get a little. This is where it gets. This is where it gets ridiculous. Like this is like this is the point where this is why I said that Shamika deserves some kind of critique scrutiny because something is not right here. So this was March first oh, yes. when they realized she like that she was just gone, mm-hmm. and like this is the teachers again, mind you. Shamika did not report little Raylisha missing. So meaning. Come to find out, she was missing school, but she was also not at the shelter. She was Obama. missing in general. Yeah, she was missing in general. For 18 days. And Mama did not tell anyone. The social workers are the ones who filed the missing kit in the motion person report and put the Amber Alert out on March 19th. And that's when the police department said that they were actively opening an investigation to look, in, to look for this young girl. So for 18 days... This mother had no idea where her daughter was, but refused to tell the police, didn't raise any alarms at the school, didn't raise any alarms with anyone. And so this is why I'm thinking, like, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly, and this might be insensitive, I'm honestly hearkening back to, like, Michelle Blair, who, when, like, once her, her kids went missing, if you didn't ask about them, she said nothing about them. And so I'm like, that, for me, screams guilt, but we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Same. And but this is why it's problematic too. It's like that's what I'm saying is that like there are there are ways um to really kind of figure this out um for her. I I can't. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna reach. Uh I was like I thought about it. So That's good of you. Right, because like again, this doesn't this is not a regular kidnapping. No you, she, for her to leave Essentially Relisha would have to get permission from her mama to be with this man. She'd have to walk out with her mama There's to leave no this shelter. There's no way at work they would have noticed if he was walking with her. Again, somebody, some, there was security almost on every floor. There are people, like, somebody would have noticed if everything is correct with this uh, shelter. Somebody would have noticed if something was happening inside the shelter. Right, so like this cameras, had to be like- a trade-off outside of the shelter okayed by Relisha's mom. Absolutely. So like this is we we find this here. We we go back and there's there's footage. Um there was footage of a restaurant and then there's footage of a hotel. 
And so they see her in this hotel. Hotel uh, footage catches the Holiday Inn, catches Raylicia with Tatum entering a room. Now the FBI says that they can't tell you if they ever there's there's footage of her leaving the room, um, which is weird to me because I'm thinking like what's either what's like what would make them not say that she left as well. You know what I'm saying? Like what? Because if there was, a, if there was, if she left in a different state than she walked, she arrived in. Because she walked into the room. Is she being carried out? Was she? Ne- did she never actually leave the room? But, but we'll see. We'll hear this too. Because the next step, the other mm-hmm. thing that is really uh, disheartening about this case is that not only did it show that he had entered this room and checked into this room with her, the only other purchase he made was forty-two gallon trash bags. Mm-hmm. Uh, a shovel and everyone's favorite uh, murder cover up. Say it with me. Lie. So mm-hmm. there is like, well, he had access to these things. And so like, did they, did they see something and they don't know where the body is? And that's why they don't want to, like, I don't know what would, I'm thinking like, did, did he leave with a trash bag? It like, gets hella complicated when the FBI is involved. There's probably more things involved than, when it's sex trafficking, there tends to be, and we're dealing with possible multiple states. Right. That's usually when the FBI gets involved. They also will try to withhold information in case somebody has a tip that's accurate. Well, that's so that's, that's very that's, true. So, like, especially with se- like sex trafficking, the laws around sex trafficking and the language around sex trafficking has changed so much in the last like six years. Correct. Like back when they used to call like. Uh, the abusers, Johns and pimps, they have stopped using that language. Right, they right. stopped using the word prostitution right. um, to describe or prostitutes to describe children under the age of 18. Right. They are their sex workers and they're victims. Like yeah. that's what they are. Um, right. And they're and their quote unquote pimps are abusers. Mm-hmm. They are they are thieves, kidnappers, um, sometimes murder. That's what they are. There's no longer mincing words. There's no more euphemistic terms for it. It's just that right. because as children, they can't consent to sharing or selling their body right. for anything. Right. Somebody puts them into that. Exactly. So in this, now that there's all these questions up in the air, obviously pressure is being put on the family. Now, mind you, there were there were um, there were death threats to the family because people found out the timeline. Um, there were there were like demonstrations and protests against mm-hmm. the family because no one said anything. Right. And during this time, uh, Shamika had also implied that maybe her grandmother was complicit in leading school officials to believe that her daughter was out of school because yes, she, she said they forged doctor's notes. Right. And so a lot of blame was passed around. Like a lot of things were tossed around, which is okay, frustrating as all hell. In these well, situations. Her whole thing was, oh well, I didn't have Relisha. She was with her grandmother. grandmother. I thought she was with family. Right. And so then you're not gonna check. Exactly. And then we'll we'll get here mm-hmm. because we're right there. We're knocking on the door. And so when all this blame was being placed around, Shamika Young, her mother, and her assuming X-Man. X-Man, yeah, that was Antonio it. Wheeler, Raylisha's stepfather and father to two of her younger brothers, ended up on yeah, I bet you didn't guess it, the Steve Wilkos show <laughs> to take lie detector tests. Listen. Like 
You guys could go see this on YouTube. We'll share a link. It'll be in the show notes. Yeah. Um, and we're also going to share a little bit of the audio right here. So that way you guys can hear. Again, you got to hear that I was so. Mess. It's just all mess. I was appalled. Yeah. Um, here, here's a clip. Antonio, you came here, you took a lie detector test. Steve, can I say something for you? Sure. I heard you back there. You I said, don't care what you heard. We, you said, I'm here because of you. I called this show. You are you. here because listen, of me, because they already told listen, me listen, that listen. I have to authorize it because it's my daughter. Now, listen, listen, listen to that. Listen, listen, I ain't trying to hear none of that. Can you go on with the listen, results? Listen. Because I came you, here for you to prove to me. No, I'm not proving that to you. I'm you proving, is? That's I'm why I'm here. That's why I'm here. You, That's why I'm here. you came here, took a lie detector test, and That's we asked why I'm you, here. did you participate in any way in the disappearance of Relisha? You answered no. Have you ever had any sexual physical contact with Relisha? You answered no. Did you ever strike any of your children leaving marks or bruises? You answered no. The results came back the same to each and every question, and they came back that Antonio told the truth. <laughs> Melissa, you took a lie detector test, and we asked you, did you participate in any way in the disappearance of your granddaughter? You answered no. Did you give your granddaughter to Khalil Tatum around the time of her disappearance? You answered no, and the results came back that you, Melissa, told the truth. Appalled, like shocking, because we get criticized sometimes for having like for joking too much or not taking things seriously Seriously, enough. And I go out for I like I like to believe I go out of my way to when it becomes a serious topic that I'm able to kind of hunker down and be in that moment. To be honest, we do. I know we do, but our truth is not everyone's truth, and the truth isn't all things to all people all the time. So, (laughs) thank you, Black Widow, for that quote. Well done. Um, But I think that with this. When you see this clip and you see these three adults, first of all, acting the way they're acting. Right. This isn't like I, I, I expect grief and pain and some bitterness, but this is like blame game, blame game. One of y'all is lying. And like, as you heard in the clip. Did they lie detector test the mom? Not Shamika. Right. Because she says that the police have, had are not, had already cleared me. But typically in child abduction cases, especially ones with l- such little evidence and facts to go on, a parent, especially a parent, unfortunately a parent with as many at-risk factors that Shamika has is one of the first suspects. Right. Especially if you have a history of neglect and abuse, like right away. 
Did they really clear? There's no way they cleared her. No, I'm sure. Right. I'm sure they. In the oh, same way that they right. thought they made Donna Scrivo think that she wasn't, and I'm not yeah. calling, um, I'm not calling Shamika Young a murderer. Um, but they, like, they, 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 police are, people forget that police are allowed to lie to you. Right, right. Until, until they get the information necessary that supports you. Because you can incriminate yourself by making you think that there is no one watching. Right. So you're, they can lie to you and say, no, you're not even a suspect. And they could be digging it hardest into you. Right. So, like, just so that way you cooperate. Which I hope, because at this point, after listening to that clip, after, like, hearing the things she has to say on news stations and things like that, I'm just like. I thought my daughter was there. I thought my daughter, I mean. Can you make sure you know where your daughter is? Like, I was just so confused by that. And, like, Grandma, like, come on. Oh, girl. Have some, like, have some home trips. Where's your class? My grandma would never. <laughs> the de- I couldn't leave my house with right. a wrinkle in, a ge- um, in, ge- in jeans. My Like, so you, my grandma, she would smile and put on her best dress and drench her hair in that jerry curl juice and walk <laughs> out of that house in 92-degree so weather. And I hated that Jerry Curl juice. Like my grandma, it would drip onto her shoulders, and she'd hug you, and it'd be like on the side. Can of I your tell face. you a tragic story? For sure. Real quick, I had a Jerry Curl in the seventh grade. That's also terrible. Yes. Um, I need photos. <laughs> that so was the nineties. We're gonna put that on Twitter. And it was dripping on my uniform. We're putting it on Twitter and Instagram. Find a photo. <laughs> Stop by your mom's house. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> I hope there aren't any. I'm hundred percent sure there are. I'm a hundred percent sure. Don't do this to me. Like we don't need to post it. We really don't. I think we actually do. So it makes it makes sense to me uh, to post that. I, I feel that in my heart of hearts that <laughs> it needs to be shared with the world because Jerry curls are a damn mess. It, and I would spray in between classes. Of course you were because they told me to. Of course they told you. It's just disgusting. It was my mom. But like back to grandmas not acting right. Like so, I was just so put off because usually grandmas are the first one or mothers like especially old black mamas are the protect. first ones to like protect grandkids but also to be like first of all don't my grandma would say it all the time my grandma was from eden mississippi a town back then mm-hmm. of about 162 people now 125 ish mm-hmm. where like she grew up in the time of jim crow the kkk riding through her town like anything could get you whooped or beat up by by any kind of racist white folks walking by. So she would always tell you, "Boy, you better straighten up. White folks is watching you." So right. I know you can't tell me that she's like got in front of these national TV cameras and you showed your entire ass. Like I was like, I can do it. Could not do it. She but- went on there. <laughs> well, again, we know Shamika has a history. She was in foster care. There was clear reason why she was in foster care. Her mom was inadequate to take care of her. No, absolutely. So but at this point, there's there's reunifi- there's not reunification, but there is re- reconciliation, some connection again. She was trying, right. supposedly the grandmother exactly to make right. And that's and I think we I think we uh, we vilify parents who like especially who try to come back into our lives when they've done wrong. And I'm not saying you these parents deserve space to come back in your life because a lot of them do so. not. <laughs> but I think there is something to be said if you're making a valiant effort because there are so often parents who when they relinquish their rights or even physically metaf- like metaphorically or literally relinquish their parental rights, they think they're owed something right. because they finally decide to do right. And I'm like, for me personally, I'd be like, if I'm sitting here and you know, you've been out of my life for 25 years and now like I had all this traumatic shit happen to me and now I can't stop drinking, but you, you know, you done found Jesus and now you're happy with the Lord. And now you want me to embrace you. That's not how this works. Like there's a lot of work we got to do together, but that's mm-hmm. not here nor there. But Raylisha is still missing. And there are mm-hmm. these searches, like intensive searches at this point, combing yes. parks, dogs, 
like volunteers, things are happening Mm -hmm. and things get again, a little bit hairier as the invasion, as the invasion, as the investigation gets a little bit more into depth because on March 20th found in a red roof inn in Maryland was the body of Andrea Tatum, Mm -hmm. the common law wife of one Khalil Tatum. Uh, she was found on the bed with a single gunshot wound to her head. head. There was no um, sign of a struggle. It was just this one gunshot wound. Which cl- clearly, and if you ask me, looks like an execution. Right. Looks like you're trying to cut up, cut loose ends. You did. Or tie loose ends. She, and she definitely didn't see it coming. Definitely not. No. Um, and so in this, there was some, there was some research being done. There's some investigative reports. Like the WUSA 9 crew like went in deep. Like these people did um, like crazy amazing things with their work. So did Crime Watch. Crime right. Watch dug as deep as you possibly can with what you got, right? Because you know they try to jump in as soon as things happen. WUSA. WUSA. Are they out of Washington? Yes. Okay. And they're the CBS affiliate in the area. Okay. And they found one of Andrea's friends, Gerald, and he believes that she was silenced because she knew Raylisha's fate. He says that. He that she believed that she she was sold into sex slavery, and that's yes, why she was murdered, mm-hmm. and so which is ridiculous. And I think we we should pull over a little bit here and talk a little bit about uh, sex slavery because I think a lot of times when people think of that, like we we've all seen sex workers, like we all can recognize like typically like what's happening sometimes on the street and like. If you've been to New York City or if yeah, you, you live can, yourself you, in a big right. city, like you can recognize sex workers. They come in all shapes, sizes, genders, sexes, ages. ages. Um, there's a there's actually a phenomenal SVU episode about like um, like the why can't I talk today about the grooming and, you know, all those things that come along with teaching young kids to be sex workers and keeping them in that state of mind. Yeah. But I think we we act like sex slavery is so detached from things and that people who sell their bodies, I'm sorry, sell sex. I don't want to make anyone feel terrible, but Mm -hmm. sell sex for money are disgusting, horrible people who don't know how to get right. They're at the bottom of society. Mm -hmm. And so often like when kids are kidnapped, like they're not kidnapped specifically for the pleasure or of one sadistic person or for ransom. Sometimes they are kidnapped because they are worth a pretty penny on on that sex market. Mm-hmm. And so we we can't act like these things don't happen. We can't just act like they happen in Cambodia or Guatemala or like Cuba or that's that's a Miami thing. That's an LA thing. No, bitch, that could be a your town thing. Like and you just don't recognize the person you're going to school with. And sex and also it it it's not just organized either. There are there I've seen cases and I've worked with kids um whose parents had traded them, like trading your kids off. Right. Uh, for sex, for money, or for drugs is sex slavery. Mm-hmm. So it's like these are things that happen all the time, and this is where I think, unfortunately, and why it's problematic, where Shamika was. I think there that was what this was happening. This is my off in theory because there's there in the again best case scenario, she is a victim. She lost her daughter, and she deserves all um, the support and all the compassion that she that she can get. On the other end, she made horrible choices and didn't care about the well-being of her daughter and the safety, but also is still a victim, but like not in the way that she would be on the other spect- end of the spectrum. So, If we're looking at the good side, basically, we want to say that she's a victim. But if we're looking at her mannerisms, what she put out there into the world, right. her actions don't speak 
as a victim or a mother who's be a victim, she's speaking to somebody who might have taken a part to the victimization of her daughter. daughter. Right. So I she's mean, she's very again, defensive. She's very angry. She only right. choose, she picks and chooses which reports reporter she wants to talk to. Right. Like. There's, there's a lot of sketch around Shamika. I mean, of course we want to see the good in everybody, but sometimes there's just said not that? good there. <laughs> not I, didn't, good. I didn't say all that. <laughs> good there. But, um, no, I mean, you, you hope for a different scenario, but this doesn't seem like the case. No. And, you know, girls, like he said, that are, and I've worked intensely and very closely to girls who are rescued from trafficking yeah. situation. It's very... The conditioning that happens there, you guys. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Two words. Conditioning and I yeah. see sex slavery in the wrong context when I talked about kids being traded for... That's Traffic, sex trafficking. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. Um, but yeah, that, that... It's very hard. So, I mean, we'll get there later, but it's very hard once you've been conditioned right. to leave. Oh, absolutely. It's So terrifying. they may find you, but you may not want to go. Right, and also you're terrified of the person who's been holding you, and that person seems like such a big, bad, demonic person that you think there's nothing the police can do to stop them from getting to you. And that's why when you see cases, like I can't remember the young girl's name, who ends up killing her abuser, Mm -hmm. she killed her abductor, and they were trying to sentence her to like 20 years in prison. And I'm like, do you understand what she was going Going through? through? Like, of course, this looks like overkill. It's because she saw this person as this unstoppable force, right. and you've got to go in above and beyond to right. stop this. Month. Like, bothers me. So with the searches intensifying, mm-hmm. they get a tip uh, for to go look in Kenilworth Park in D.C. Uh, so the police, while they're combing this scene, they come upon a shed. Yes. And in this shed, they discover Khalil Tatum dead of an apparent suicide. Mm-hmm. He's got a single gunshot wound to the head. So here's my question. They said there's a single gunshot wound. On the show, though, she said there was two shots to the head. Hmm. Or like the... Well, you talk about Shamika? Shamika. Well, Shamika's not a police officer. So no, she, but I was so like, she could, she, she, she could have gotten that like wrong. Twisting. Well, it's the question of, are you purposely twisting information or... But that's, the, that's why this case is so freaking convoluted is because right. a lot of it is based on testimonies. Memories change. Memories lapse. New information comes in and it skews and informs the way you deliver other information. Right. Like, there's so many things about this. I just think Shamika's a liar. I think, but, yeah. Yeah, so there's so much about this that <laughs> happened. And they were able to trace this gun that he used in his suicide to the gun Damn. that killed Andrea right. in that Red Roof Inn in Maryland. Right. So it was the same gun. So it's the same gun. So this is where we are. And it's unfortunate to say this because, one, Rayleigh's still not been found. No. Two, that... The secret of her location, whether it be her physical location because she's still alive or the location of her remains, may have died with Khalil in that shed. Right. And that's terrifying for me to think because D.C. is a small place but a big place. Right. Like, imagine trying to find the body of an eight-year-old girl. If it's buried, if it's... They said if, you know, some of the things they're saying, if it was, like, in a landfill, there's no way that they could search. Like, you can't. Because this was happening... Because this park was near a new construction development. Right. So if you're going to bury a body and cover it with anything, this would be the place to do it. So they had combed that. They combed that construction site, too. Like... And I feel so bad because then we fast forward again to this Steve Wilkos show mm-hmm. where it's like you're so angry with each other about whose fault it is instead of like trying to find Yeah, him. like I 
I, or trying to give all the information that you know. Like I, I am not a like exactly. So I don't care hmm. who was supposed to have her. If you didn't have her, I need to know where you were that day, who you were with, who you who are you hanging. Can they can they corroborate that story? Same thing with Anthony with Antonio Wheeler. Same thing with um, Shakim Shamika. I keep calling her Shakima. It just sounds phonetically better in my head. So like, I need to know exactly where were you and who can account for your whereabouts that day. I need to see your debit card receipts. I need to see all this stuff. Like, I need to know where you were, what what aunt cameras caught you. Because if you were supposed to have her and you didn't have her, and I was supposed to have her and I didn't have her, when did this? You know, I need to know those things. Those are the things you need to work on. And so, we're here for af- the aftermath of everything. And so, my theory. I'm such a. <laughs> my theory is there. I have two theories that are running in my head. I kind of sort of feel like she had a relationship with this janitor. Like a physical one? Like a physical one. Um, it's hard to prove because there are usually cameras, but she could leave as well. You don't know that. Right. Um, that's part of my theory because she's very defensive of this janitor for no explicable reason. Right. If I was a mama and I lost my daughter, I'll be looking at the last man that was seen with her. Right. Not being like... Because there was an interview where she's like, well, I don't know if it's with him. I don't want to say it's with him when it wasn't with him. Like, I don't want to be like... You know the last place was with him. The last one, person with your daughter. The one that was seen on camera with your daughter. Last person was him. So why are you so like, I'm not going to say it's him unless there's evidence. There actually is evidence that she was seen with him. But you don't want to incriminate him and he's dead. Right. Like, it doesn't matter. And like, what what reputation is he saving? Because everyone believes he's as guilty probably. Right. So now because so, you're being so combative, everyone's looking at you like, oh, right. so are we co-conspirators? So like, right. It's either, it, I think it's both. I actually think she did trade him, but this relationship started between the mama and him. Maybe that's why she was left by herself. Because you remember there were times that the kids were left unsupervised in the shelter. Right. So maybe that's how that started. Not sure. Just saying. But my theory is there was a relationship and also... Oh, by the way, you know a good way to get money. Can right. you help me? I need to like I I want to know if he, she was the one who instigated that conversation or initiated that conversation, or if he was. I can't because I he is know. sketchy as shit, but he, so is she. He's sketchy, but may know the people that he needs to know. Being that he has a record, that could lead him to like, oh, right. I know who to give your daughter to. Um, maybe. He suggested, didn't think she would do it, decided to do it. The guilt overwhelmed him, and that was it. I don't know. Yeah, I, I see. I see this as I, I can't. I don't know if I don't. I don't see it as guilt. Um, I don't because I, I I'm 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 kind of pushed to believe that he was afraid of getting caught and going to prison and all the things, all the shame that would come with it. Because if you're that overwhelmed with guilt, why? Take the onus on yourself to kill your wife. Well, that, okay, Regardless so of what she knows. I'm, if you're going to kill yourself anyway, why does it matter what she tells the police after you're gone? Right. So you know? what would be that? To clean his name? Like, what would be the reason not to Right, because we already... We, like, you didn't think hotels are Because that's, my, my, that's a little bit my thing, too. Like, why are you taking out your wife? Well, that's what I'm saying. It had to be tying a loose end. She had to know. Like, so I, I don't see it. I don't think him being overwhelmed with guilt. I think it's him being... I don't want to call him a coward because I don't want to characterize anything like that. Like for suicide, but I feel like that him—that's him avoiding the consequences of those things. I well, don't you could know. have simply done that by killing yourself. You didn't have to take her too. Well, no, he didn't have to take her. But that's what I'm saying is that like I don't think it's guilt. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I am 
going against your theories. Right, right. I know how you're going against my theories. That's why you're like, <laughs> it's like. No, no, no. But like, I'm, I, I mean, this is just my theory. But like, I still don't see even if it's you trying to tying up loose ends, so to say, that you need to necessarily tie them if you're not going to be there to face the consequences. I yeah, I think that you tie them up. Maybe it's because because that my my maybe he had no intention of killing himself. Yeah, that and the other part of my theory could be the fact that he knew that Raylisha at that point was not dead, mm-hmm. and she knew her location. Because you remember the friend said, "Oh, I think that she was being trafficked." If she knew where Raylisha was, whether even if you go as far as giving someone a city, mm-hmm. like you know she's in Trenton, New Jersey now. Like, okay, so now we know where to limit our search to. You know, so that's all it takes. So maybe he didn't want his his co-conspirators getting caught. I mean, it's it's messy. That's but- what I'm saying. Like, also, that would be my last theory. Like, maybe you're protecting the people that traffic. Right. And because you're afraid maybe they, like, he didn't have much family left right. either. So I was like, I don't know who he'd be protecting. Maybe, she, maybe Shamika. Who knows? Um, so I think that the other part of this that we have to talk about, too, is there's... Still searches going on, but the police do not believe that Relisha is still alive. That because they could not find any new evidence really linking anything to this case. Um, they still continue to search. They have not closed the case quite yet. Um, but outside the D, outside the DC shelter, there is a park, uh, that was built in Relisha's honor. Yes. Um, little kid playground park, which I think is adorable. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other side of this, guys, I, re- I referenced it early in the episode is the disproportionate rate that black and brown kids go missing um and especially in dc but in the country in general so uh in 2016 2242 children were reported missing um and that was down from 2004 2433 in 2015 um and they said that 99 percent of children that are found are found um many running that's usually that's a lot of missing children reports they run away because home is not where they need to be but Sometimes, especially as of the report that I'm, I'm looking at from 2016, 18 open cases uh, were in D.C. of missing young people. All of them were minorities, and half of them were girls. And so often, like I said, like there's this, we have to talk about the values and belief systems of people in society and how they see young like black people, young Puerto Latino people who go missing and why they go missing. Some people are like, oh, they probably just ran away. Oh, they're, you know, they're not really missing. They're out gallivanting and doing terrible things. But Nash, the national average is that 35% of missing children are black and 20% are Latino. And that is overrepresentation when you think about it. 35% of missing kids in the U.S. So 35% of 100 when black, black individuals only make up 13% of a population. I think Latinos are somewhere at like 11 right now or right. 12. Yeah. So think about that. Like that's a huge number, number. for mm-hmm. so few people. Right. And I don't, and I think that we all need to be introspective. And I mean, you guys knew who you're listening to when you came here, but of like what that means and why more isn't being done. Um, yeah, everyone's going to say, but what about kids in general? Yes, kids in general, but most of the kids that are found are in fact white. So like it's got there's got to be there's got to be another factor in this and you can't dip and dodge around it all the time and it could be it could be it could be gender it could be race it could be class it could be an intersection of all three right. but I think once we start realizing what those barriers are those factors are and we start attacking them then more kids are going to be found but the longer we take to do that the, the less likely we either to find them alive 
or we're going to find them at all. Right. Um, so that's what it is. Like I said, I'm going to put some links in the show notes. And I think that D wanted to share the, uh, the hotline. Right. So um, if you know anything about this case, any case of any missing children, please call the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. They do uh, great work. It was started by John Walsh a um, long time ago. Yeah. In reference to his son uh, who was kidnapped and subsequently was murdered. But it's a 24-hour hotline. The hotline number is one 800 843 Five six seven eight. You could also go to our website www.missingkids.com. Thank you for that. Yes. Put on your QVC voice. I sure did. Put I it. want y'all to understand exactly what I'm saying and go to this website if you guys go do it. Like I said, they do awesome work with kidnapped kids. They do awesome work right. with exploited. Exploited just means like obviously sex, sex trafficked. trafficked. Um, it could venture abuse. into abuse drug uh drug running things like that so they do amazing work and they work within the state right so, like, so they, they make it they make moves they make there's moves a, they will go <laughs> cross state lines like, oh yeah they're the task force that these that these folks put together it's like, very rare for i mean i guess in except for steven stainer um it's very rare that they keep the kids in the same state so yeah, they move they they are a place like, that when, knows that they have to move to when you watch state. svu and the kids are just like they get taken from Queens and they're on Staten Island, that don't happen. That, that's very. <laughs> like, they're probably they're out of, not even in New Jersey, probably in Pennsylvania somewhere. Right, right. They're in Vermont, like because there there is a unfortunately there is a demand for these things, and it's, it makes me sick to my stomach. Um, but that is the disappearance of Raylisha Rudd and all the fuckery that came with it. All of it. Um, like I said, I I apologize because I want to. I don't know, like, because there's a there's a chance that we're both wrong. But I would I apologize sure. that if like I just because like I don't I could see a mom hurting in part of this I could see it in her face that she's uneasy she's unhappy that something she's grieving and mourning loss but there's a, the the defensiveness the combativeness the anger the bitterness like all those things that come through it and I'm like it doesn't make sense to me mm-hmm. um, so I don't want to be insensitive to that yeah. um, but it is it is really it is really a weird case and I really hope that at some point. That they find something linking us to Relisha, linking like to the location of her remains, so that way she can be put to rest properly, right. um, or at least finding her alive. Like right. the police don't believe it, but shit, more you things, never know. like crazier things have happened. Stephen Sainer, exactly <laughs> right. down the street, essentially. <laughs> so like, I'm not saying that's where she is, but like no, you never know. You never there have been know. cases of people who have been trafficked. There was a case in this ca- within this case right. of a young girl from the same complex who had who was found being trafficked to was Los, Los Angeles, yeah. I think. And so it's like, and they brought her back. Yeah, things can happen, and that's all the way across the country. Right. But yeah, that's that's us this week. Yes. Um, God, check out the Patreon. Yeah. Um, find um, us on Facebook if you like us. If you, if you like us, give us five stars there on Apple. Um, Apple right. Podcast, guys. If you're listening, don't be afraid to subscribe, rate, and review. Um, I know this. That doesn't mean anything. I this feel like when people say that, I was like, "Do people understand the subscriber interview thing?" If you're not using Apple, well, if iTunes. you let me finish the thought process, <laughs> um, subscriber interview. You guys are well aware that that's Apple Podcast. Thank you. Um, like that's not a, you know that does not exist if it's on Spotify. Um, maybe there is a subscription. And if and if you listen on Stitcher, you still could go on Apple or you know Google Play and rate us there too. Doesn't matter. So like, <laughs> point is like do that if you like if you like what you heard if you really enjoyed us like we encourage you guys to do it because I I my goal for this was always to build community. 
around this stuff and to really talk about how mental illness plays a factor in, in crime instead of like going the uh, other route of a certain podcast that just happens to have shield and sword, whatever you guys want to talk about. I, I was like, this. <laughs> Where that vilifies mental illness and, right. and paints them as only violent beings and yeah. is really insensitive to that. We want to talk about that openly and honestly here. Right. But we also want to talk about the socioeconomic things that are, that contribute to crime and cause it to right. keep being perpetuated. So, like, I want you guys to talk about that. I want you guys to talk about yourselves. I want you guys to laugh at laugh, some things. Some, yeah. And, like, because sometimes it's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things we always get is that true crime shows are so hard to walk away from when you're done mm-hmm. because you're talking about Sometimes you're talking about rape and murder and Sometimes things like that. Sometimes you gotta watch Steven Universe after, you right? Know, like, because you gotta bounce back from that. Yeah. And my hope is always, and one of the things that the compliments I always like getting is that you guys let us go, like Off into a tangent. With, like, like, like no, distra- that's that's well, not, well, you know that's what not I mean, what I was. Like, that's not the end of the crack. sentence. Let me finish. I'm gonna forget it. Like, jeez, <laughs> let us off easy. <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys kind of pick us up, drop us, pick us up, and then like kind of let us roll into like. And I think that that's the that's why I always structure the show is I always try to the aftermath has to be kind of soft for me. That right. way, everyone doesn't go off like peeking behind shower curtains and checking their back seats anxiously. And I mean, I do when I get in my car. But I mean, I I do too. If it's dark outside, it's like right. did I lock this motherfucker? When I leave this place, right? So I'm like. Yeah. <laughs> just to be sure right? hell Beyonce and Jay-Z got ran up I'm from behind me. I'm telling you so anybody it could happen to anybody she had to use her eye kick in the next one right so I'm just saying like check out for like look out for those things and just like join the what did you crew group look us up on Facebook find us on Twitter it's what did you do pod on both of those things I am super engaging I talk me and D talk to everybody respond to everybody whether you like us or not like right, we've gotten right. criticism yeah. by, and, and, and compliments and both times I always respond graciously and yeah, with an open mind to job. learn um, so do that um, I have nothing else you can find me on Twitter um, Instagram Snapchat LB. where can they find you Twitter and Instagram D underscore L-I-G-H-T four that's light yeah, you and Frankie have to consolidate somehow. Like, I feel like the name what, could be this? simpler. No, I, because people took it. I know. I'm I'm looking to get Charnel because there's one person with the Twitter handle Charnel, and it's some like 14 year old boy who hasn't tweeted since 2011. Uh, uh, mine is uh, uh, like a over like older white woman that hasn't tweeted on the Instagram then forever. And there's nothing you can do about it because unless they sign on. And say, hey, I mean, if you're famous, yeah. you can ask Twitter to be like, I need this, this right. account. And they'll like look to delete. It's very rare that they delete accounts. So like, find me there. It doesn't matter. So <laughs> until the next time we gather together and meet and chat and talk about all the gruesome, gross, dirty things that the world is capable of. I want you guys think clean thoughts. Keep your hands clean. Sanitizer. Dial. Dove. Irish Springs. Ivory. Do all the things you need to do to keep yourselves together. Um, so bye. Bye. (laughs)